But what I'm going to do, I'm going to start off a little different. Uh, I'm going to start off with a few questions for everyone. Um, I've done these a couple times, but uh, it would be a would you rather. And so how we're going to do this, uh, if we can have full participation, we don't, I, won't, I won't have people stand up or anything. But what, what, will, what will happen is I will give the first would you rather, and you raise your hand if you agree with that. Then I'll give the second would you rather, and you don't raise your hand if you agree with that one. Okay? Makes sense. We'll, we'll do a test run right here. So, I'm going to have to raise my hand for this one, but would you rather, oh, wait, wait, no, no, I'm going to have to leave it down, sorry. Would you rather give up coffee forever, or would you rather give up soda forever? Yeah, I'll give up soda. I've, you know, I've come to realize I am a coffee drink. I I didn't like coffee before, but um, now I'm to the point, like, I'll drink decaf because I don't want all the caffeine, but I love the flavor of coffee. Okay, so we, we understand how this is going to work. All right. All right, the next one. Would you rather work your dream job for barely any money or the worst job ever for a billion dollars? I will take my dream job. I will take my dream job. <laughs> Man, that's risky. The worst job forever. The rest of your life, there's no retirement. All right, this one, this one's pretty nasty. Would you rather always smell like rotten eggs or would you rather always be sweaty? Okay, okay. I thought that would be unanimous. All right. Uh, Would you rather get stranded on a desert island by yourself or never get to be alone for the rest of your life? surprise. I need people. I'm an introvert, but like, it's weird because I I do need people. I feed off people's energy. (laughs) Would you rather trip at graduation in front of everyone or accidentally ruin someone's surprise birthday party? So, just so you all, I've, I've thought about this. You know, every time I come up these steps or something, I've thought about, you know, what if I trip? What do I do so I can just pull it off and make sure that I'm not too embarrassed, that, that I can turn into something fun? I've thought of it, and I have, I have a plan just in case if it ever happens. I hope it doesn't, but just in case. The next one, would you rather not have electricity or not have indoor plumbing? I need indoor plumbing. All right, this is for the young folk. Would you rather have PlayStation or Xbox? You know, I've, I've had both, and I, I have an Xbox right now, but I will say that there's just something that is pulling me back towards Sony PlayStation. Uh. All right, here's the last one. This is the most disgusting thing ever. Would you rather replace your shampoo with ranch dressing or replace your deodorant with garlic? Oh, you'd wash your hair in ranch? Ugh. That is, that's, that's pretty nasty. Well, regardless of what decision it is, life is made of choices. Life is made of easy and difficult decisions. But no matter what, one thing is for sure is that you will make choices within all of your lives. 
When we look at our main text this morning, it's Daniel chapter 3, verse 14 through 18. It says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer. You know, there's some weird instruments. Like, what can we just say? Drums, horns, clarinet. I don't know. He says all these things in all kinds of music. He says, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Kind of mocks them a little bit. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But then they go on, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve the gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And so this morning, uh, for a few minutes, I want to speak from the subject, you were made for more. You were made for more. So we live in an age of electronics, an age of mobile devices. Uh, it seems that everyone has a cell phone. And uh, just, just a plug for parents, if for kids or students, if you don't have a cell phone, that is totally fine. I encourage you to be mobile free as long as you can because you just don't want that extra pressure in your life. You don't want that extra stress. But we do have phones. That's the reality. And growing up, joining the youth group, I uh, received my first phone uh, in the youth group. And you know, it, it didn't, it, it was capable of texting, but I didn't have texting, uh, didn't have Wi-Fi access, I didn't have cellular data, I had no touch screen, I had a certain amount of minutes to call my parents when I needed to be picked up, that was it. But it was awesome, it was, it, it was an awesome flip phone, and it was called The Ghost, if you can put that, that picture up there, The Ghost. Yes, there it is. That thing was amazing. It was the best phone ever. Uh, but this device was so foreign to me because I didn't even know that it had games on it. And I know that sounds crazy because what phone doesn't have games on it? But, you know, phones were a little different back then. I say back then like, <laughs> it's only like 17 years ago. But, <laughs> but they were a little different. But I didn't know they had games. Until one day, one day my friend told me about this sweet game. He said, you go to the settings, you'll find some games. Maybe you'll have one or two games. Um, and hopefully your phone is cool enough to have it. Mine wasn't, unfortunately. So I had to play on his. But he said it was this, it's this pure, it's a game of pure strategy. It wasn't balloon tower defense. It's not Clash Royale, not Clash of Clans. He said, you click the number two button to go up the number eight to go down, four to go to the left, and six to go to the right. He said, your goal of the game is to devour as many of those black dots as you can. But here's the difficult part of that game, is the screen is only so 
big. You only have so much space, and you cannot crash into your tail. My friends, at the day, or the day when I was 13, that very day, I was introduced to my very first mobile game, and that was Snake. It was awesome. It was awesome. You can show that picture. Amen. I don't even know. Do any of you even know what Snake is? Okay. Okay. I'm just making sure I'm not like, it's not too old. Couple. But unfortunately, like I said, my phone wasn't cool enough to have it. But as time went on, I upgraded my phone. Of course I needed a new phone. Why, why would I pay off my old phone and be able to have it for free now when I can just sign a whole new contract and pay even more than what my previous contract costs? Of course, it's a no-brainer. Am I right? You need the new phone. I needed to upgrade. And so my parents let me upgrade my phone. And then the, the next one I went up to was it was called the Upstage, the Samsung Upstage. Now, you see, this was the state-of-the-art technology at the time. I had T9 on one side, but I could flip it over to the other side, and it wasn't a touch screen, but it was a touch pad. It was awesome. And then when I turned 15, I once again upgraded again to a phone called The Moment. And, and this is where my, my, uh, my phone experience kind of took a turn. See, my new phone, was, it was cool. It was awesome. But after about six months, I began to have a little trouble with it. Uh, I understood it, but it felt like there had to be something better out there for me. Something easier. And I, and I say all this to bring you to this point. There comes a time in every person's life, every young person's life, when you have to make a crucial decision. See, this decision cannot be taken lightly. This decision will determine if you understand your device or not. This decision will decide if you have open communication to other devices or not. This decision determines whether you want to be user-friendly or super complicated. You see, at the time, I wasn't a believer. I told myself, you know, the phone I have is all right. It can't be something easier than this. Surely it's not that simple to understand. Storm Youth, Sanctuary Family, there will come a point in everyone's life where you have to choose Apple or Android. And I will say, I will say I did choose God's phone, and that is Apple. I'm sorry, Brother Francois, if you're hearing this right now, I apologize. I did choose Apple, though. Chose Apple. But life is full of decisions, as we can see. Choices. And so we read that King Nebuchadnezzar, he builds this giant image for everyone to worship. And then he makes a decree that when the music plays... Every person in the kingdom has to bow. And if they don't, they will be burned alive. The Bible tells us that there were three boys that they acted a little different. They didn't follow the cultural norms that the king was trying to implement. And so the music sounds, and these three Huber boys, they simply, they don't bow. And here's the thing. Because when I, when I read these things, I, I try to think outside of the box, and I try to want, imagine what they're actually thinking in the moment. And it could have been so easy to bow. I mean, really, they could have said, you know, God, you know my heart. 
You know, you know what I'm thinking. You know that this whole bowing thing, if I do it, it really doesn't mean anything because you're the one that I love. And plus, I don't want to die, and I don't think you want me to die. So they could have said, let's compromise. Man, I'm thankful they didn't say that. Thank God they didn't compromise. But we read that King Nebuchadnezzar, he calls the boys into his office. And now the Bible says that he's filled with rage. And our main text says that he told those boys, since you didn't bow, not only am I going to burn you, I am going to disintegrate you in this fiery furnace. And I'm sure in this moment that they were, they were absolutely terrified out of their mind because they're literally thinking we are about to die. And so, but, but what ultimately they did is they took a stand. And now there are two things that, that I want to pull from this particular passage. You know, the first one is that as I read, as I was reading this, God had prompted me with a question. You know, they're at this point where they're standing about to be thrown into a furnace, willing to, willing to die for God. But what led them to that point? See, when we read this story, our focus, it, it tends to circle around the fact that they stood up for God, they stood up for what was right, uh, and God kept his hand upon them, which is true. And it's 100% true. But how did they get to this point? What led them there? And so I began to think, was it hearing about Moses and that God led the Israelites out of bondage? His hand was upon them. He was there every step of the way. Was it how God called Abraham from this place where he was comfortable and to an unknown place? They didn't know what was gonna, he didn't know what was gonna happen, but he was trusting in God. Was it possibly a lesson on Deuteronomy 6, 4? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shouldn't bow down to idols. Was it the commandments that they learned about and they digested in their soul? Did they remember what their Sunday school teacher told them about Joseph when he was thrown into the pit, when he was left to die, but then God ultimately rescued him? See, what I'm trying to let someone know this morning is that they didn't make a choice just based on an emotion. It wasn't a fly by the seat of my pants kind of decision. It wasn't we're just going with the flow. You know, whatever happens, happens. I mean, it is what it is. No, I would argue on this Sunday morning that their decision started years ago. It wasn't in the moment. You see, the Bible, it isn't clear on what was going on in their head. But could, could it be possible that God prompted them with the words of David in Psalms 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Could the teachings of Moses have come to their mind? Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Could God have quickened their spirit, their minds with Deuteronomy 31.6? Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. 
You see, the Bible doesn't say these things happen. But what it does say, what it does say is that they declared on that day, if it be so, our God will save us. But if not, you can know this for sure, King. We will not bow down. We will not give in to this peer pressure. We will not follow the cultural norms that you are trying to put over us. See, they had a relationship with God and it started a long time ago. What I'm trying to get across to a young person, to a young adult, to a mom, to a dad, to an elder in this church, these moments that we experience on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, the youth events, Sunday school, church gatherings, they are crucial moments. Your battles are not won on the day of your temptation, on the day of your trial. You cannot expect to win a battle you haven't prepared for. <laughs> and this, this next part, uh, moms and dads, I want you to uh, hear a heart of a youth pastor. Um, hear my heart. Hear me out. Can I just be real for just a second? I love, I, I love your kids. I pray, for, I pray for every youth member. I do my best to make opportunities for spiritual growths in their lives. But hear my heart, if all we do is outsource their spiritual encounters to just the church, I believe, I believe you're setting them up for a difficult path ahead. Because what is ultimately happening is you are telling them that they can act one way in the church and one way out of the church. Because what I'm trying to get here this morning is battles are not won. They're not won by handing them to the church and expecting the youth pastor and the pastor to be all prayed up. No, these battles, they're won by preparation in the home. They're won by family prayer every day. Won by family devotions every day. They're won by talking about the service. What happened in Sunday school on a random afternoon to get them engaged, to know what they're going through. And students, I know you're learning right now. I know you're learning life right now. And you don't always make the best decisions. You make a decision. Sometimes it's not the best. But I promise you this. You find a prayer closet as Brother DJ preached on Friday night. I promise you God will meet you there. And he will give you wisdom. He will give you strength to be, be able to overcome the challenges that you're facing. You see, those boys, they made it up in their mind that they were going to live out the words that Joshua spoke. And not only live those out, but make it personal. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. When we look at Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, I'm convinced more and more every day, that every one of our lives, it preaches a message. Your actions, your speech, the music that you listen to, it's more than just some beats that are going on inside of your head. There's lyrics that come to all of those beats. 
what you watch, how much time you spend with your family, how much time you spend on your phones. You are always delivering a message to someone. But here's the thing, why am I pushing this first part so hard? Because the second thing we can pull from this story is that those boys, they were made for more. Everyone, I'll, I'll say everyone in this building, you all are made for more. You are not made, as Brother Spencer said, to be complacent where you're at, but you're made to go above and beyond. God has a purpose for everyone in this place. Yes, God has called us to turn from our sinful ways, as we heard on that first night. And the second night, God spoke to us that we do have to stand and fight for what God has called us to do. And Friday night, we were reminded that we are called. But why all of this? Because you were made for more. God has created you for such a time as this. You aren't a part of this youth group just because. Church family, God hasn't brought you to this church just because. If you're a first-time guest here, you haven't made your way to this building just because. No, God has greater things in store for you because you were made for more. God is the one that writes your story, and he has a purpose for you. Amen. I'm going to be coming to a close. The musicians can come. So growing up, growing up, I, I had a good life. I had amazing parents, uh, provided for me. I was blessed to uh, play baseball. I was blessed to be on a team to, uh, that would travel. I grew up at an amazing church, amazing pastors, amazing youth pastor. I had a good life. But mentally, life, life at times was not easy for me. My wife is probably the, uh, one, one of the few people that know uh, this side of me. And maybe there's some psychologists, you know, in here that, that can read people really well and they, they see right through me. But my entire life, I have struggled with low self-esteem, extreme low self-esteem. You know, I'm, pr I'm pretty good at hiding Typically, no, yeah, because I don't want I don't want people to know that. I don't want people to hold and then come up to me and act to me a little act a little different, talk to me different. So I don't let anyone know that. I'm pretty good at hiding it. I'll second guess myself all the time. I'll literally go back and forth five, 10, 20 times with decisions that I need to make because I feel like no matter what decision I do make, I'm gonna mess up. There are times I play it off as a joke because of course I can't let people know. I thought growing up that no matter what I do, I'll find a way to mess up the situation. I've been at the point, even if I can be transparent with you, even while youth pastoring, where I get so down on myself that I don't wanna speak anymore, I don't, I don't wanna lead because I'm, I'm so, I'm nervous, I'm scared. Uh, that, that I'm not going to make the, I'm not going to say the right thing to the young person when they need it in the moment. I'm not going to make the right call on, on a decision that I need to make. But why am, I, why, am I, why am I saying this this morning? Why am I being extremely transparent and vulnerable this morning? Because God is wanting someone to know that it doesn't matter if you feel qualified or not. 
You don't have to dwell on what you lack or what you can't do. God takes what you have and He fills in for the rest. You see, if I had not gone to those youth camps, if I had not had these altar moments on Sundays and Wednesdays, if I had not gone to youth prayers, if my parents had not been praying for me every single day, I can tell you I would have made a different decision and I would not be here today. But because I prepared, God began to help me realize that I was made for more, that it doesn't matter how I feel, it doesn't matter what what I think I qualify for, He told me that I was made for more. Although 12-year-old Brendan was, was insecure, difficult at times, stubborn, didn't think things through ever, Although that Brennan didn't see anything. And although those three Hebrew boys at the time when they were younger did not see that one day they would be in front of that fiery furnace having to make a decision, God saw that. And God said that you are made for more. It's gonna take these moments that you're experiencing because I have greater things in store for you. I have something that you're gonna have to do ahead in life that's gonna be an example to other people because you were made for more. So this morning, I want, I would ask if all of Storm Youth can stand, if you guys can come up to this front altar area. You can move up. I want every one of you to know that I believe in you 100%. For, for, for parents, for everyone else, I, I probably get annoying because I say this like almost every single youth service. But, but it's, it's to make the point that I want them to know, I want you to know that I believe in you, that you do have a purpose, that even though maybe you don't see all of what God has called you to do, He has a purpose. And so you were made for more. Know this, you weren't just made to go to college. You weren't just made to work that job. You weren't just made to play sports. But God has equipped you for more. God has made you start, has made you to start that CMI or college. For Spencer, you guys have had some trouble with your CMI, but you've worked around that and now you've started a Bible study. God has called you to start a P7 at your high school. Ben, you remember that conversation we had at Pizza Ranch about how God is tugging on your heart to start that? It's because God has more in store for you. God has made you to work in the sound booth, to help out the production team, to take pictures for media, to sing in the choir, to greet at the front door, to teach that Bible study, to spark that one conversation with that coworker that you're with. Not realizing that one day, God is gonna tug on their heart and God is gonna bring them to have a relationship with Him. He's made you to start that prayer group at the beginning of every single game that you play. Maybe you've made a a couple decisions that seem to be unforgivable, but God is here to let you know He does forgive, He does have mercy, He has grace, and to let you know that you were made for more. Sanctuary family, storm youth, God is speaking to someone this morning that you were made for more. So now is not the time to give in. Now is not the time to give up, to throw in the towel. But now is the time to do, as Brother Galloway said, to stand and to fight. To do as Brother Hill preached, 
that God has called you for a reason. He's called you to enhance His kingdom because you were made for more. So as we close out Youth Week 2023, I wonder if I could have everyone stand in the building, if the parents, if you all could come to the front and begin to gather around your, your kids. I believe God is wanting us to join together as the body of Christ. Yes, parents, you can make your way. And as the parents begin to fill in, I believe in the body of Christ. I believe that it's not just, it's, it, we are here, we are here uh, together. We do life together. And so I wonder if I could invite the entire, the rest of the body of Christ to join even around the parents, around the students, because we're going to have a time of prayer with God. Because this, this right here is the future generation. These are the ones that are going to be taking all of our places, continuing the gospel, continuing the church, seeing the kingdom of God move forward. God is challenging every one of us this morning to go to the next level because He has greater things in store. He has a great purpose for you all. He has a great purpose for this entire church. There's revival that's hitting our church. God has greater things in store. So don't be satisfied with where you are. And as the singers begin to sing, I wonder if there could be a student that would say, I am made for more. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I wonder if I could have a parent that would begin to intercede over their child God's will because God has greater things in store 